the defense has six first rounders. The offense has apparently the greatest coordinator in the history of the NFL. And you lose 40 to 20 to the winless Chicago Bears. It's time for a reckoning. Greetings and salutation. Welcome to Ref the District's Day After Reckoning. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. We're here on the Believe Network, and I'm starting to run out of positive things to say about the team stoner, which is not a great thing. This is not a great way to be, you know, finishing week five of your season, but that's what happens when Washington loses to the previously winless Bears. They doubled us up 40 to 20. At home, Thursday night football, national television. It's not good. We have had the time to sleep on it, and that's our that's why we call this a day after reckoning. Let's take a look at it a little bit deeper. See where it is. There's plenty to talk about in this one. Start off with accountability. Manuel mm-hmm. Forbes here on your screen. This is pregame, looking like he knew what was gonna happen. Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing at that. It's, I mean, it's true. If you're watching this one on YouTube, you can clearly see he knows what's coming. Man, you said, yeah, you said we had a chance to sleep on it. I didn't sleep much. I didn't sleep well last night. I was, and I thought that by the time I woke up that I would feel a little bit better. Like, okay, you know, it's one game. I was still pissed off when I woke up this morning. I was still angry at losing that game. And it's, and it's really not even the game itself on how it played out necessarily. It's just the expectation going into that game of what we thought was going to happen and what should have happened and what everybody thought was going to happen. Who, who out there that you know of, I think maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick is the only one that I've seen anywhere in the world who picked Chicago to win that game. Now there, there, there was, I think there was other people who had picked uh, a bear to win. I'd seen, I think it was the NFL graphic that had shown that a lot of people believed in the bears to turn it around, but you're right. I mean, we talked with the believe in bears crew and they were like, there's no way the bears are going to win. They're just so bad. And we went into this one, believing like we were so confident. There was no way Washington was going to lose this one. I mean, maybe Justin Fields breaks it out on the ground and forces you into a close game. There's no way they're going to lose this, right? Maybe the Bears cover Washington with six-point favorites. When are they ever going to be six-point favorites again? Not this year. Yeah. And instead, Justin Fields, and that was the plan, by the way. Ron Rivera, Jack Rio talked about the plan was to force, and you can clearly see it. That's what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't want Justin Fields to beat him with their legs. They wanted him to beat him with his arm. And guess what, Stoner? He beat them with his arm yeah, in a way right. that he has not done to any other team. Washington forcing two punts on the day. Two. That's two. it. Two punts. And they scored on every other possession. They didn't turn the ball over. Chicago didn't. So they had two punts, and they scored on every single possession that they had the ball against this Washington defense that, as we said in the opening, has six first-rounders. I would defy you to find any team in this league right now that has six first-rounders starting on one side of the ball. Any any of them. I don't think it's possible that any team has six first-rounders. And they keep drafting first-round defense. They keep doing it over and over. They broke the mold last year when they uh, drafted Dotson. But every year, it's defense, 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 and yet this defense is bad. It's the same coaching staff. It's essentially the same players. It's the same system. And they continually to to be bad two of the last three years. Last year's the outlier. Two years ago, this defense was not very good. This year, the defense is terrible. And somebody needs to be held accountable, Nathan. And, And Ron has already said today that he's, there's no changes that are going to be made to the staff, which is not surprising, but it's just basically saying, look, this is as good as it's going to get. Cause we're not making any changes. There's nobody's walking through that door and helping out this team. 
So this is what we got now. And, and you know what, Nathan? You know what I think is the biggest indictment on this coaching staff hmm. is coming into this game. Washington is coming off of the Eagles game in which they played well, pretty well. Defensively, not great. But overall, we talked about the moral victory. They kind of felt good. They wanted to win, but they felt good about coming out, going toe-to-toe with the NFC champions. They're at home. They're playing in their alternate jerseys. They're, it's Thursday night. It's a blackout. It's a whole vibe. You know the Bears aren't going to travel. They're fans, so you're going to dominate the stadium. Chicago's coming in having blown a 28-7 second-half lead against Denver, one of the worst teams in the league. They're, they're all talking about how the coach could get fired after they lose. Their defensive coordinator quit two weeks ago. Their second-best receiver is not even being allowed to be around the team because sure. he's such a cancer. Yeah, and, and you have all of this going in, and that team is the one that came ready to play. And Washington's team, again, with this coaching staff of four years, was not ready to play. That's an indictment on the coaching staff. You can say it's the players aren't doing their, what they're supposed to be doing, and maybe they're not as good, but the coaching staff did not have them ready to play from the jump. Nope, not at all. By the way, point of clarification, mm-hmm. and if you made it this far and you wanted to yell at us already, yeah. uh, three punts that Washington forced in the day. It was two three and outs is uh, what they were able to hold it down to. So three gotcha. punts, but it was two uh, three and outs that that this vaunted defense was unbelievable that that helps a team in Chicago that hadn't yet gotten going like you said they did score uh significant points last week in the loss to Denver mm-hmm. Washington looked like maybe it wanted to try to come back and do the same thing to them but I mean it's hard to do when when the Chicago Bears, like you said, they even in the second half there, they had punt and punt. That was a five-play punt, three-play punt. Then they drive eighty yard or eight plays, fifty yards to get a field goal. They have their next, they have their second and last three and out, and then touchdown, field goal. You there, there's just no way you were down twenty-seven to three in the half. You essentially need them not to score anything. Mm-hmm. They'll take field goals. They're just wasting time. Mm-hmm. Washington wouldn't even won if they just let them kick the field goals. It still would have been 33 to 20. Right. Washington, no, Washington need to stop them from scoring entirely. And couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do yeah. it. Is is that the players? Is that Del Rio? Is that Ron Rivera? Is it a combination of everything? Is it Emmanuel Forbes not being good enough? Is it not having a safety who can go sideline to sideline? Is it having a linebacker who has a, get this, Nathan, a 29.3 PFF grade against the run for the year? A middle linebacker whose main job in playing defense is to stop the run. That's the the biggest job that they have. And he's got a 29.3 PFF grade. Played all snaps. Yeah. Did. Is it is it that? Is it your linebacker, your your outside linebacker who shows up every once in a while? Who's the first round pick? Is it this great defensive line? And listen, I hate to do this, and I don't think anybody's done this, but uh let's put an APB out for John Allen. Where's John Allen been the last few weeks? Has he made any plays? You when we watched the games last year, I think he earned John Allen constantly. He, I haven't seen John Allen. He earned a sack last week, by the way. I'm laughing because he earned it because he was the he's closest, closest defender to running out Jalen Hurts. Yeah, uh, and I hate to do it because we love John Allen. We think he's one of the yeah. best tackles in the league and everything, but he hasn't shown up for the last three weeks. It it is surprising, and and when you're looking for who to who to blame, I mean there there's a lot of blame to go around when mm-hmm. you lose three in a row the way that you did. You've given up 30 points, three games in a row. Mm-hmm. And you actually four games in a row, right? At yeah. least. Yeah. Four games, four in, games a row, in a row. Yeah. Giving it up. And you can't, you have to blame the players a little bit. They're out there. Sure. 
Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne are playing nearly 90% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. And when I say nearly, I mean, Jonathan Allen just finished a game where he played 89% of the snaps. Yeah. So when your first rounders are out there, it's not a depth issue. Chase Young played 89% of the snaps. Montez Sweat played 75. Mm-hmm. Jamin Davis, 80%. I mean, these are all your first rounds. Emmanuel Forbes is the, the least of them. He got benched. He played 38% of the snaps. When you're 38%. 38%. When your first rounders are out there that much and they're not producing, yeah, it's going to be a little bit on them. Jack Del Rio, though. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I, I just don't get it. Four yeah. years in a row and the team with this loaded talent. You mentioned last last year the Washington Commanders broke the mold. They went with a offensive player in the first round. Well, guess what? They went second round defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. But we still haven't really seen anything of. I think he's played five defensive snaps for Washington so far. In in a possible twenty two games. Yep, he's played five snaps in twenty two games. So there's right. a there's Percy Butler. So you've got another safety one in there, and then Christian Holmes, all defensive talent that they tried stacking up on. And we, and you're right, we're just not getting anything from it. Jack Del Rio continues not to and whether or not they're going to flip a switch here and we'll see that mid-season run that Ron Rivera is we will famous for mm-hmm. and, you know I just don't get why it needs to be that every season yeah every season yeah just like how, a year against the Bears yeah and, and how about something that is flummoxing me if that's the right word um Percy Butler, okay, who was a fourth rounder, mm-hmm. remind me, fourth rounder last year. Safety. Like 113. A safety is playing outside snaps in place of Emmanuel Forbes, your number one pick this year. He's playing outside cornerback snaps instead of Emmanuel Forbes. And, of course, as you mentioned, Danny Johnson came in late in the game because they just had to get him out there. And Ron Rivera basically said today in his press conference, he basically said, we can't have Emmanuel Forbes out there anymore. He's too big of a liability. Mm -hmm. He didn't say those exact words, but he coded it the way we like to decode things. He's saying Emmanuel Forbes is a liability out there. And so he's not going to be playing a whole lot anymore because he's just not good enough. He's missing tackles. He's getting beat all kinds. There was another stat I wanted to bring up about Forbes, and it's just bad. It's just everything's bad about these, this defense, the first-round picks, everything. They're supposed to be stars. First-round picks are supposed to be stars. And as good as Allen and Payne have been over their careers, this year they really haven't been that. And what you said – four straight games of giving up 30 points is unacceptable and somebody's got to go, but nobody's going anywhere. Yeah. Right now. Ron Rivera was asked if there was going to be any staff changes and he said, no, we've got 12 left to play. There's plenty of football left. And on your point about the balance, Nikki J reporting that Ron Rivera said on the balance and letting young players develop versus not putting rest of the team at risk. Mm-hmm. I think doing what we did with the manual was kind of the indicator that we can't go through this anymore. Now's the time. So in other words, his development's going to take a back seat because the team just hasn't been performing the, the way that they need to. The mm-hmm. player aren't performing the way they, they want to. Ron Rivera talking a little bit in there about the defense as well. And the scheme, they don't know what to do right yet now. Should they force players to play a certain way or should they let them freestyle? Should they just call certain plays or should they move on to different other plays? Five games into the season, Stoner. Mm-hmm. Year four, the talent is pretty much all the same. We've got a few new guys out there. How is it that they still can't figure this out? I, I don't know. I, I don't have the answers. The smartest defensive minds in the world don't 
don't have the answer. They haven't figured it out. They The game plan was the same as the game plan has been for the last couple of weeks against mobile quarterbacks, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. They were not going to overrush him. They were going to try and keep him in the pocket and make him beat you with his throws because they didn't believe that he could. And then he did because the defensive backs were not good enough. And that's why you saw a lot of, you know, what they call that that zero coverage or whatever it is. They have no safeties and it's one-on-one and the guys were getting burnt. And then there's nobody back there to help out. And then you got these long plays over and over and over again. I mean, you're going up against DJ Moore and Daryl Mooney. I mean, these aren't, these are, these are, they're good players. Chicago yeah. Bear fans who've been listening to us, don't, don't kill me. They're good players, but they're mm-hmm. not great players. You should be yeah. able to go one on one with them, especially if you're first rounder, especially if you're Mr. PFF, uh, first quarter all pro. Right. Right. Like you should be able to go up against them. You shouldn't be getting burnt. And there you are, week in and week out, getting burnt. Commander first quarter deferentials, by the way. And this will this game was not much different in this. Mm-hmm. 30th and uh points allowed by negative 27 point differential. Mm-hmm. Yards. They're negative 29, which is good for 17th. Rushing yards, negative 213. Remember six months ago, Stoner, when this team was supposed to be running the ball. Mm-hmm. 213 yard differential 27th in the nfl explosive plays negative seven the 30th in the nfl sacks negative four 29th you have four first rounders on the defensive line nikki J. thanks for those stats there here's some more for you nathan 56 games ron has been the coach here in washington 56 games 41 of those 56 games washington has either been losing or tied at the half i.e. 15 out of 56 games, Washington has actually had a halftime lead. That's it. All year. They they remind me, they haven't done it at all this year, right? They've been behind at halftime every single game. 0-5 this year, 0-5 for this year in, in first half. So he talks about starting fast from the season in every game. And this is indicative of what this coaching staff is. He does not have them ready from the jump, the jump of the season and the jump of every single game. They're not ready. Yep. Uh, Grant Paulson through the first five games, kind of what you're talking about here as well. Year one, what they went one and four, negative 33 points uh, differential. Year two, two and three, negative 32 point differential. Last year was one and four, negative 38 point differential. This year, two and three, negative fifty-one point mm. differential. Getting getting worse there, year by year, for the Ron Rivera team. Sticking on the yeah. defense real quick before we move to the offense. Um, Bears guard Tevin Jenkins, who came off of IR to play this game, said Washington's defense showed weak boxes and weak rotations. Went as far as to say that some of the guys either weren't aware or they were just being lazy led to some really open plays for the bears. Tevin Jenkins says what Not do you know of how easy it is for the def- for offense to see how awful this defense has been. Yeah. Not these guys are not making those comments. An NFL player who was on the field was making those comments and it just shows how easy it was for, for them to do, whatever they wanted on offense. And DJ Moore, God bless him. He's a good wide receiver. He's a very good wide receiver. He had eight catches. Cole Komet had, I think, two. And their other tight end, Tanyan, 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 whoever it was, Tanya. he had two, 13, three. Five receptions for Komet, by the way. Okay, five. They threw three guys the entire game. Justin Fields, and he completed 15 passes the whole game. 15 for 29, yep. And only those three caught it. He did target St. Brown, Herber, and Mooney. All of them finished with zero receptions, though. One, three, and four, respectively, targeted. And maybe this this, uh, segues right into the offensive woes. 
but it's it's amazing how we talk about other teams and AJ Brown gets 12 targets and Stefan Diggs gets 12 targets and DJ Moore gets 10 targets and all these guys these stud receivers get all these targets and catches and yet our guy Terry McLaurin our number 1 gets 5 a game gets 6 a game here and there everybody nope. says well they want to spread it around and all no you go to your stud we've been saying it for 3 years on this podcast go throw it to Terry look for Terry run every play for Terry he's a special talent and you're wasting it and it and it's it just drives me crazy that they have that talent out there and they don't just feed them and feed them and feed them and I don't care how much defenses are keying on that you don't think the defense keyed on Jerry Rice every single week and he still got all those catches I know it's an old reference and many people don't know who Jerry Rice is but I'm saying with the DK Metcalfs and the Justin Jeffersons and all those every every defensive coordinator sits there and focuses on how am I going to stop Jamar Chase and they can't do it because the team, the offense designs their offense around those studs yep. and they not doing that here in Washington. Logan Thomas finished the game with 11 targets, by the way, there's, God bless him, but there, there's your heavy not. target dosage. Curtis Samuel second, yeah. seven Gibson with six. So they they were definitely playing a little bit more of that short game. Sam Howell does finish the game with 388 yards, two touchdowns. Of course, that interception there. The the totals though, mm -hmm. and I I want to preface this by the way and saying that I'm still a howler. I still believe that he can develop into an NFL starting quarterback. Mm -hmm. Okay, before people come at me with this, mm -hmm. all right. He was not good yesterday. I didn't think he was good either, but everyone out there thinks he, he was good. He wasn't good. And you people will look at the end stats and they'll be like, hey, he threw for nearly 400 yards. 90% mm -hmm. of this game, Washington was playing more than 10 points down. Mm -hmm. Okay, Probably 75% of this game, Washington was playing multiple touchdowns down. Right. right. When they were just down by 10 points or less, Eric Bienemy called 13 pass plays to three run plays. Sam Howell went five for nine, respectable completion percentage there, but only 59 yards were gained on those nine pass attempts. Mm -hmm. That is not respectable. Mm -hmm. He had to scramble twice for a total of four yards, and that got erased because he was sacked twice for negative four yards. That's inexcusable. That's not a great offense. Right. That is an offense that's struggling. You can't just put up points when you're down 14, when you're down 27 to three. Mm -hmm. Opening drive was great to the, the second half. All right. It was, it was, it was a good drive. And I like the moxie going mm -hmm. for two and able to scramble to get that one. Okay. I like it. I like seeing some of the throws that we're seeing. I'm seeing real NFL arm talent. Correct. Okay. That's one of the reasons why I'm still a believer, but I'm also seeing wide receivers run open all the time. Maybe it's taking them too long to develop, but it sure seems like other QBs are getting to their guys when they're open. And we've seen mm -hmm. Sam now throw their guy, his guys open. So why can't we see it consistently here with this offense? Why? Did Washington run only six run plays this entire game against the Bears? You mm -hmm. just can't have that. I get that you're down 27 to three and you got to manage the clock a little bit, but then you get you get within 10 points and you in the uh, second half and you're still just pass happy mm -hmm. and not not the easy completion pass happy. The we're going to throw the ball 15 yards down the field pass happy. Mm -hmm. And your offense ended up struggling. Yeah, the craziest stat, you have to hear this stat. This may be the craziest stat I've ever heard. With 829 to go in the second quarter, Brian Robinson had a run, whatever it was, two yards or something. In the second quarter, 
they never ran another running play the rest of the game. Sam Howell dropped back 55 consecutive times Mm. after that play. Mm. 55 consecutive times. Mm. It's the most consecutive dropbacks since PFF started tracking in the year 2000. So in 23 years. People have been down 27 to 3 before and didn't drop back 55 consecutive times. That's an astounding stat. It's a stunning stat. 55 consecutive dropbacks. And sometimes the reason why you run is just because you need to give those wide receivers a break. Because we act when we're doing the play-by-play and commentary. Okay, we were like, why are we seeing so much of Pringle? Why are we seeing why are we seeing Jamison Crowder got snapped that wide receiver? He's yeah. like wide receiver six. He's right. only on this team because Dax Milne got injured and they had to go find somebody to catch punts. Not that James Crowder's bad. We've seen him be, you know, a pretty darn good wide receiver mm-hmm. for the, in the NFL. Okay. We but he really is wide receiver six on this team, and he was seeing snaps. Because guys were gassed. Guys were gassed. You're sending them on go routes. You're sending them 20 yards down the field. 55 consecutive times, Nathan. You run the ball, give them a little bit of break. Plus, it's there. The defense is expecting you to pass. You're down 27 to 3. Yeah. Run the ball. Once in a while. Pick Pick up a first down on the ground. Just do something. Yeah. Washington offense was stymied right from the get-go stoner back-to-back three and outs we argued we argued that the logan thomas one shouldn't have been right and we, we thought that that one looked like it was a first down mm-hmm. let's see if i can't pull up the the image here uh let's see if i can't find it quick enough but what did you think about the two first drives getting a getting back-to-back three and outs there well i mean the first drive they ran the ball to B Rob in five games this year. They've their first play has been give the ball to B Rob five consecutive games now. And he got five and a half yards. Then you throw a quick out to Logan and he gets you four and a half yards. Apparently he was short. We all thought he got there. You signaled right away. You hit the button. Mm-hmm. the sound effect for a first down. And then we're like, Oh no, wait, they marked him short. Then they come up with this play and it's, they have two running backs in the back behind Sam Howell. who's no. under center. They had two Ryan Robinson. Yeah. And Terry McLaurin. Did anybody really think that Terry McLaurin was going to get the ball running up the middle? You never know. You never know. <laughs> Here's yeah. here's the uh, this was the next gen stats prime view uh, that was available that I took a look at. This is clearly, you know, Logan Thomas feet inbounds, him stretching out the ball and the ball being at the not just the yellow marker, by the way, the full line mark there, mm-hmm. which would indicate that that should be a first down. Yeah. Sure looked like it live and i've watched a couple replays and i'm still confused the guy by the way the the line judge on the side mm-hmm. literally came up and marks it right about where logan's feet are in this image here mm-hmm. i just assumed that logan thomas had moved out then they moved the ball closer to where the line to gain was but it was just it was just it, i just if nothing was going washington's way the yeah. entire time they did turn the ball over twice again. Yep. Just they're not getting it done. And uh, the interception, uh, Sam Howell's interception during the two-minute drive, this is where Washington is supposed to be in their back. Okay? We've seen them drive down the field in these short um, times and be able to get something good going from that, right? And mm-hmm. we were – down at that point 20 to 3 mm-hmm. thinking okay washington scores here great they get the ball the second half they drive down they score again and this is a ball game mm-hmm. this is a ball game and then sam Howell throws an interception 
and an egregious one. Yeah. Critical. Baffling. Late is all get up. And I mean, the Greg Stroman of all people, former Washington pick, it was he the guy who was like the, um, what do you call it? Not during the regular draft. They have that other draft or whatever. Yeah. Was he a supplemental guy or I'm thinking of maybe like a Donis Alexander or something. I can't uh, remember. He but anyway, seventh round of the 20, 2018 draft. All right. Seventh rounder. Greg Stroman comes in there and baits Sam Howell, just begging him to make that throw. And Sam Howell obliges and he jumps it. He didn't jump in front of him kind of to, to force Sam not to throw it. He stood next to, I don't know who it was. Was it Jahan or whoever it was? Maybe it was Terry. But he stood next to him and said, please throw it, please throw it. And he throws it and he just jumps in front of him. Greg Stroman of all people. Yep. And again, like you said, they had just held Chicago to a field goal. It was 17 to three, held them to a field goal. It's 20 to three. You get the ball back, two minute warning, got all your timeouts. And what do you end up doing? First play, interception. And then they go down and they score a touchdown and 27 to three, and you, it's over. It yep. was over. Took six plays uh, to gain 36 yards and score a touchdown there for. Mm-hmm. The Chicago Bears. So your offense lets you down by immediately throwing an interception there. Mm-hmm. And then your defense lets you down by allowing them to put up seven. Again, it's a short field. Short field defense was back against the wall, but they just didn't do anything. Yeah. And down 27 to three. Washington runs four plays, 35 yards, and have no clue what the heck they were trying to do there at the end of the half. Maybe Pat stat a little bit. Because, uh, I don't know. Good for it's it's the same thing they did at the end of the game, in which, by the way, Charles Leno Jr. said at the after the game, said basically, again, I'm paraphrasing, I don't know what we're doing running a bunch of pass plays at the end of the game when the game is already over. That's just opening yourself up to getting guys hurt. They should have just run the ball at the end, and they probably should have done that at the end of the first half as well. Just run a play or kneel. Let's go into the locker room and figure it out because you're just you're you're susceptible to injuries when guys are kind of half-assing it. Yep. Yeah, because the uh, the other team's still incentivized to to earn their paycheck. Heck yeah. To get home. Washington in the second half does go down, scores a touchdown, gets the two point conversion, makes it a twenty seven to eleven game. Mm-hmm. Defense forces a punt. Mm-hmm. Washington has a chance to come and make this a nine point game at least, right? You know, score a touchdown, kick the extra point. Don't have to go for the, the two point conversion this time. I and mean, we could, doesn't matter. Uh, Logan Thomas fighting for some extra yards. Yeah. And I watched this one against Stoner, watched it like three times because yeah. when we watched it live, we were screaming, How could the refs not call that play dead? Mm-hmm. Well, watching it, getting some sleep, watching it again. That's why we do this on day after reckoning. It was just a clear fumble. Like, I mean, he just, he was, yeah. he, he was, was still fumbling. going forward. He was going forward. He yeah. was rolling. He was moving. And before he, he decides he's going to plop his behind on the ground, he coughs up the ball. It was, I mean, it was, it, I watched it. I'm telling you three times already stoner this morning. I was looking for an excuse to again, say that that wasn't a fumble. It was yeah. a fumble. I mean, he it was very clearly, it's the thing that we rail on on Gibby for. I, I noticed this on the live broadcast. He was carrying the ball a little low. He mm-hmm. wasn't it was it wasn't tucked up and guarded as much as it normally would. It was a little low, and he's spinning around and he keeps pushing. And I appreciate when guys fight for yards. We love when Brian Robinson fights for those extra yards, and that's yeah. great. And, and it would have been probably I think an extra five yards that he would have gotten if he would have been able to get down without fumbling. Every break went Chicago's way everything you remember when Deron Payne forced a fumble on on Cole Komet and Cole Komet literally falls on it with his butt Mm -hmm. and still is able to recover it and be able to get on it the non-pass interference on Terry McLaurin when that's called 99 out of 100 times if it's short and the receiver fights back for it and runs in to the DB they call it but Mm -hmm. they didn't this time uh, that Logan Thomas fumble, like you said, 
our guy misses a kick, their guy doesn't miss any kicks. Just every break, the the high snap to Justin Fields that and he was almost able almost went over his head. Yeah. He, yeah, he tips it to himself. Not only that, but then just goes runs for six yards. Just everything just seemed to be going their way, penalty wise, non penalty wise, turnover wise, non turnover wise. Everything went their way. It was their night. Yep. And oh, by the way, they played a heck of a lot better too. Yeah, they they definitely. That's the main. That's the main point of why they won. They they definitely did here. And to your point, as far as how it was night here, this is Kendall Fuller uh, getting a little bit away from the offense here. But it just wasn't their night. Kendall Fuller jumps this uh, route here. This was third and two for the Chicago Bears. Zero uh, safety help. Right. This is one of those cover zeros that you're talking about that happened. Kendall Fuller jumped it. Kendall Fuller was right there. This ball hits three of his fingers. Mm-hmm. It was a high ball. DJ Moore does a great job climbing the ladder and getting this one. This ball was so high. I mean, it was this ball was. I don't understand how it came came down with DJ Moore. And if this ball was three inches lower, not even three stoner, probably an inch and a half lower. Kendall Fuller knocks this one away. Yep. Washington has a, at least somewhat of a chance to, you know, make this a little bit closer, and it doesn't happen. The, it just wasn't their night. Yeah, the Diami Brown wide open. I mean, nobody within 15 yards, and Sam's just basically got to toss it out there, but he doesn't put enough air under it. And maybe Diami could have put a little bit more effort at the end. Um, Logan Thomas had one of those as well in one of his targets where he was diving ball hits his hands and he just doesn't come down with it. That catch by DJ Moore in the corner of the end zone with Kendall Fuller all over him. Mm -hmm. And he makes just an incredible catch. It was just, everything was going their way and nothing was going Washington's way. But again, I'm not saying that's like karma. I'm not saying it's refereeing. I'm not saying any of that. They played better, but it just, those things, those breaks just happened to go their way. Chicago was definitely the better team last night. The turning point. So yeah. the game got out of hand fairly quickly. Yep. Washington punting twice in their, their opening drives. Uh, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown for the five drives mm. that the Bears had in the first. Washington having a punt, a punt, a field goal, an interception in the end of half with their first. So it got out of hand fairly quickly. Yeah. At what point did this game go get away from Washington? What what do you think the turning point was? I Well, I thought originally I thought that third and one on their very first drive was a huge play. I don't know if that was a turning point, but it was a huge play in that the momentum or lack of momentum, you couldn't do anything on your first drive after they just went down and scored right away. I thought that was huge. The interception by Sam Howell uh, was huge. I thought that that was a killer because you, you already talked about it. You go down on that two minute drive and you score, and then you come back in the second half, get the ball, come down and score. It's a totally different ball game. That that's a 14 point swing really, right? That's taking away yeah. seven points from you. At and least. it's seven points to your Bears. Yep. And and then the uh, the kick. The kick that Joey Sly missed. You're down 10. You need two scores. You've still got momentum. You're, you're starting to feel like maybe you can pull this off. Chicago blew a 28-7 uh, lead the week before. They're susceptible to this. They're starting to get some doubts in their minds. Oh, my God, we're doing it again. Mm-hmm. And then Joey Sly comes out for a 46-yarder, not a 56-yarder, a 46-yarder. And you knew it. I knew it. Everybody knew he was going to miss that kick. It's because it was that kind of night. You just knew it was not. And then that was, the, of course, the backbreaker. I don't know if that was a turning point. I think the turning point specifically was the Sam Howell interception in the in the first half that allowed them to go up 27-3 to at halftime. Game was over. Uh, but the backbreaker was that. It, it certainly went in Chicago's overwhelming favor at that point where 27 to three is going to be hard to come back. Right. Mm-hmm. So the turning point, that's probably a good turning point for Washington. I mean, it could go all the way 
early, like you said, when it came to Brian Robinson getting pushed back on a third and inches, you mm-hmm. can't, can't even pick up a third and inches. That's not good. Right. And so the, the, you start getting into that quicksand and things just aren't going your way. Ball's not bouncing your way. You're missing wide open wide receivers. Your defense can't get a stop. The, the interception's a good one, but I mean, they did come back right in the second half. They score that, uh, that touchdown, get the two point conversion. I mean, they're still down 16 points at this point, but they force a punt. And now you get a drive, and it looks like maybe you can, that's when you can do it. Yeah, that's when you can uh, get it a little bit closer and uh, you fumble the ball away. You force another punt, though. Yep. Then you get a field goal. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that missed field goal. Is, is probably, you're right. Turning point, maybe not the right word. Breaking point. That Break was probably the field goal was the breaking point. Yep. Probably the the uh the fumble might have been my turning point. That's when I realized this game wasn't gonna be Washington's to win. Yeah. When Logan Thomas fumbled that ball, even even getting the ball b- uh back after a punt, it was just like we're not you're not good enough to drive down and score again. And so they re- really weren't. Remind me when that fumble was was Washington scored the first in the first drive, mm-hmm. and they force a punt. Mm-hmm. And then it was that next drive, right? It was the and next. They were drive. driving again, and they did. They they pushed, they pushed uh, the Bears back negative ten yards, right? They pushed them back ten yards and forced yeah. them in three plays. So you think maybe okay, they're going to come alive. And Chase is still out there trying to get people into it, and he was trying to be a motivator, but it just fell on deaf ears. Yeah. <laughs> Because right after that is where you go down and you kick a field goal to make it within 13, but you traded field goals because Bears go down and they get one and eight plays. Took off four minutes there. Magic Johnson talked afterwards about, and this maybe could have been a little bit further up there. He was just like, there was no fire mm-hmm. in this team. And you just saw it throughout the 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 time you got grumpy Ron Rivera just kind of sidelined, just kind of wondering how is his team down 20 to seven to three. And where was the fire? I don't know, but that's on coaching, Nathan. If you don't have the fire on your team to come out and all again, all those advantages that they had being at home on the short week and coming off a quote-unquote moral victory, a, a good game that you had. The offense was clicking. Uh, Thursday night, again, at home. The owners are there. You got celebrities there. You got your alternate jerseys. The place is going crazy, and you don't have the fire. That's a coaching thing. That's that's the coach's job is to have you ready to go and tear some. And, you're, and again, the opponent. The opponent is so down that they're already talking about who their next coach is going to be after this weekend because this guy's getting fired and that guy comes in and whoops your ass. That's, that's a huge indictment on the coaches. It's a bad game all the way around. Yeah. No, when we talk about our no goes and go goes that I like Mm -hmm. on positive, but I know that you don't have a go go for this. I don't. Yeah. So skip it. Skip for him. If, if there, if there was any, it's hard, right? Because Sam Howell throws for 388 yards, but only like 50 of those were when the game was actually close. Mm-hmm. An interception that you just can't do as your team's trying to get themselves back into this game. Logan Thomas uh, had seven catches for 87 yards, trying to make my preseason prediction where we don't have a tight end get over 400 yards look very silly as he gets a quarter of that pretty much in one game but then he has a fumble mm-hmm. gibson isn't used as a running back he did have one great catch though i saw that was a nice you know nice pass by sam and yeah. a, right in the bucket great play by gibson but i mean he he really didn't do anything else Outside of that, right? He caught four uh, out of uh, six attempts for 64 yards. Maybe you can give it to Curtis Samuel. He caught six for 65 in the touchdown. He's sure. been he's been the most reliable, but it's it's really hard to say any of it could be your go your go go because it just 
you lost by 20 points to quite possibly the worst team in the league this season. Yeah. And don't even think about going to the other side of the ball. And don't no. even, don't Not even hold defense. Hear anything. Not a single defensive player deserved to have a go-go. Nope. Maybe Danny Johnson gets a go-go just because, Hey, look at that. He, he got some defensive snaps and that's a big, big deal for the young man getting some defensive snaps. But yeah, that was a horrendous. Well, I think against Buffalo, your go-go was a touchback. So if you want to give uh, your go-go <laughs> to a, uh, a guy who had six snaps on defense just because he was actually out there. Hey, I get it. I get it. That's where we are. Move, moving up the uh, depth chart, Danny Johnson. Go-go for <laughs> this game against the Bears. All right, no-go. Stoner, I got to limit you to one. I'll, t- I'll, I'll do I'll Squeeze in another, but just try to get one in. No, I've, I've taken all my shots that I need to take at everybody. But, yeah, my number one no-go is Jack Del Rio. That defense was not ready, whether it's schematically or the fire or whatever, or the personnel, whatever. That defense with six first-round draft picks should not give up 40 points to a pass-happy Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears at 0-4, and their coach is on the hot seat. Jack Del Rio, by far, in a way, is my no-go for this week. Yeah, Stoner. I mean, it's hard to go away from him, but I'm going to go one up, right? One one level up on that, and that's Ron Rivera. I don't hate it. You you brought up his coaching record at half, and we see another slow start. We brought up Grant Paulson's stats to start the season. It's another slow start. This defense is nowhere near, and you're the one who's been helping pick the players and personnel. This is year four mm-hmm. year four this i get that we were in a five-year right we heard we, it was a five-year plan it's going to take time to turn around this team we also heard at the beginning of the season this is the most complete roster they have he has got complete faith in the offensive line he's putting blame on sam Howell, rightfully so that sam Howell holds on the ball a little bit too long and that the offensive line is doing all right well maybe not all right Ron Rivera. They're actually doing pretty poor. And you have a QB who's holding the ball on too long. But that's a fifth round QB that you've pushed out there in your fourth year of play. That's you. That's not anybody else. That's you, Ron Rivera. So for losing to your Bears, 40 to 20 on national television. Ron Rivera, you're my no-go. Final thoughts, Stoner, as we move on, have Atlanta coming up. We said burn the tape against the Bills. Mm -hmm. I don't think they can afford to do that this time out. No, the exact opposite. I want them in there watching this tape over and over and over again to figure out what it is that's going wrong with this team. The good thing is they're not facing a dual threat type quarterback this week, whether it's Ritter or Heineke, depending on what happens this weekend. Don't let it be Heineke. (laughs) Just, yeah, do not let it be Heineke. We just don't need that. That's for sure. But I'm going to, my final thoughts are going to be basically what I said at the beginning. So if you weren't listening at the beginning or weren't watching at the beginning, I'm going to say the same thing. Washington is coming into this game with the same amount of rest and and preparation as the Chicago Bears. They're coming off a moral victory against Philadelphia. They're feeling pretty good about themselves. It's at home. It's Thursday night. It's a blackout. You got a sold-out crowd. You got your celebrities and everything in the stands, your owners, your new owners, and everything is on a high, and you're going against a team that's 0-4, had lost 14 in a row, had given up 25 points in all 14 of those games that they lost. Uh, had a coach that was rumored to be getting fired after they lose the game. They got a defensive coordinator that quit for unknown reasons. We haven't figured that out. One of their best players is being sent home because he's too much of a distraction to their team. And they come into Washington. They show more fire and more grit and more heart and more want to win this game with a coach that nobody really seems to like on their team but they're willing to fight for their coach and Washington is not. And that is 
that is all on the coaching staff. That is an indictment on this coaching staff. And that's what's most frustrating about this. And I don't see it sort of turning around the rest of the year. They're going to win some games, but this one, this one hurt more than most have hurt for me because of the expectation coming into the game. Yeah, this this is a worse loss in my opinion than the Bills. The Bills they fought. The Bills they had yeah. 16 points and 10 minutes into the fourth quarter before things kind of the floodgates come open on that one. This one mm-hmm. they're down 27 to 3 in the first half. It was just horrendous to uh, the hapless Bears. Just not just not a great game. My thoughts though on this. I mean, this is bad. Okay, there's there's Silver lining is very hard to find, even for a positive Perry like myself. Mm. Washington is only two and three. They do have two winnable games coming up. I know that's a bit of a stretch after you just lost to a winless team, mm-hmm. but a, a winnable game, the Giants are a winnable game. You got Philadelphia again, who you played strong against and Philadelphia. You can play strong again against them in three weeks. Maybe you write the ship. Maybe you're 500 at that point. You know, that's that's midseason. See what you got. Keep rolling. If I had any other silver lining for this, not only is this is this team two and three, but they're doing the right thing and they're finding out what they have in Sam Howell. Jacoby Brissett is not going to be your QB of the future. He might not even be your bridge QB next year if you determine that Sam Howell's not your QB of the future. Sam Howell has an arm. He knows he can, we can, we know he can put that ball into tight spaces. So keep trying to develop him. If he can get the feel for a pocket, then great. He can be our quarterback of the future. If he can't, then you need to draft somebody next year. So I know it's too early to talk about that. So I'm not going to get into it. I still believe Sam Howell can learn. He's got 12 games to do it. 12 plus if Washington takes care of business and makes it into the postseason. Still think Washington's capable of doing that. Just got to put it together, Stoner. Mm-hmm. We'll, got to figure we'll, something out, man. Gotta, look, it's a week to week league, Nathan. They're going to be ready to play next week. Maybe they don't win or whatever, but they're going to be out there and they're going to be ready and they're going to be positive and they're going to have some energy. It's a week to week league. So we'll see what happens next week. Yes, we will. We will be breaking down some film from this game. We want to look at those touchdowns and see what exactly happened. So they'll come out on Saturday. It's Daily Commanders updates on Monday, Tuesday, live show on Wednesday, DCU on Thursday and Friday. We'll have your game preview next Saturday for the Atlanta Falcons. Washington's got to do something to turn it around, Stoner. We'll see what they do. But until next time, got nothing. Be a fan. Here we go.